What's happening, guys? Welcome to Jester Radio. I've got a new guest. I've, I've been pretty silent. I haven't, you know, uploaded in a while, but, you know, competition prep is real. So welcome, Julian, bro. Do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to tell the people what you're about? Um, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Julian J. Um, I am the leader of the Hero Concept. It's uh, a system that I developed uh, a couple of years back, and it involves pretty much everything that I do in today's life. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, a nutritional therapist, but on, this, on the other side of that, I'm an actor, I'm a stunt actor, I'm a choreographer, and a dancer. And uh, I'm a pro cosplayer as well that uh, travels mostly to the west side of the world, America and um, Mexico, um, to do conventions as a specific character and basically bask in the glory of being a, a total geek. I think that definitely the biggest reason also why I wanted you on here was obviously your insight into, you know, obviously bodyboarding and everything, but I think more well, insight to bodyboarding the fitness industry, but more into your cosplay because obviously you can see if you look at my room here, I do like I do like comics. I've liked comics and anime since I was probably a little kid, as most kids are, and then some people grow out of it, and then the good ones don't. So, and I mean, you can see you wearing your Venom shirt there. So, what got you into doing cosplay? Because obviously, you did gymnastics, right? Yeah, uh, I've, I've had a lot of different training styles in my overall fitness career, but I started off as a gymnast at age nine, and that pretty much turned into so many things. Uh, Break dancing, uh, capoeira training. Uh, then I started to go into strength training when I was about 14. Then I turned into bodybuilding and, and dancing at the same time. And ever since uh, the years when I, I competed and I gave up competing, I started training my body more athletically, more strength, more calisthenic based. So my body's basically my tool. And uh, for the last five years now, I've been... Um, doing Taekwondo tricking. Uh, I've got a very good sensei in the United States that I do uh, Taekwondo technique, martial arts kicks uh, with, and that basically that transforms into everything that I do in my my fitness abilities and career. Um, and it also translates in what I, into what I do as the characters that I cosplay as well, because uh, it's, a, it's a profession, and the more realistic that I can be with... Uh, adapting a character and bringing forth my style of him to an expo, the more realistic uh, the approach and the much more fans love it. It's, it's actually quite a, quite an amazing thing. So with, with obviously I can see uh, people who are watching on the YouTube channel can see you've got long hair. So is it safe to say that maybe Trunks is your favorite two cosplayers? Yeah, yeah there, there's, a, there's a long story. Uh, by the way, I became the real-life version of Trunks Funimation uh, Worldwide who owns the rights to Dragon Ball Z. Uh, they saw me at an expo and they saw that I transformed over a couple of years into my favorite anime character of all time, which is Future Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. Um, there's a lot of videos on YouTube about me transforming and uh, how and why I did it. And now I've got the, the patent of being the real life trunks from Dragon Ball Z. So my hair, my body, the way that I look, uh, the way that I talk, basically everything is, is related to the epicness of that character. It's, uh, I just, I never knew that I would become 
like a professional version of him or famous for being the character in that sense, but it's a, it's a, it was a truly humbling experience. And for the last three years now, traveling the world as this character and representing at expos to all the Dragon Ball Z and anime fans, it's, uh, it's hard work, but uh, it, it does come with so much fun. And uh, I, I can't even explain because Dragon Ball Z holds a very, uh, a very unique place in my heart and it will always, always be. It's the same thing with all Dragon Ball Z fans. Yeah, I mean, my, my first, well, not my first memories, but what I can look back to in Dragon Ball Z, I literally came home from school. I didn't even have a, I had this mini TV that my parents gave me. It wasn't even color. And 5.30, every single day on SCBC2, Dragon Ball Z would come on and I would watch it. And that's probably what got me started into liking anime and into comics and everything. Like, you know, superhero was back then just thinking about like, this life where we're living now, like sports, cool. It's amazing to see how people can push the human body. But obviously, anime, everything is just so much supersedes what's naturally possible as a human. And that's what kind of grabbed me to liking it so much because it was so exciting to see how hard work, like how hard Goku used to train, how hard they used to go into the hyperbolic time chamber and to see them come out, to see their muscles have increased in size, to see them come out like when they have a beard and it just shows up the hard work that they've been putting in. That was really sick to watch. So I think that's also, I mean, you you can understand, you get that as motivation just to go train. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally there's so many videos on YouTube where it's like Goku motivational training videos. Exactly. And I think that's cool because it shows that I mean, these guys are cartoons. Anyone can make a cartoon look how they want them to look, but still, it's motivating for us. And I'm sure you have... Obviously, you said that you try to build your muscles in the way that Future Chunks looks. And I mean, how have you found that difficult? Wow. it's um, The whole transformation probably took close to three years um, because my bodybuilding background, I was pretty huge I was about 94 kgs um, competing at 91 I was a very very heavy guy um, a lot of mass so when I decided to transform it was it was basically taking muscle volumizing techniques that I used and applying them into anaerobic fitness and aerobic fitness and eventually I started to lose within about a year um, I, I know exactly how to build a body. I've been a trainer for a very long time. I understand the dynamics of how muscles work and how you create them according to an aesthetic look, um, according to volume, according to fitness. And the Dragon Ball Z characters are very much, they're martial artists, they're fighters. They've got a very tough, unique fighting build, but they've got so much, so much volumized muscle bellies on the muscle belly, the mid part of the muscles. So I took that into account and then um, I started working on my chest, my shoulders to lift them up, but tried to get a little bit more tighter in my waist, try to get my arms more volumized, but still maintain my super functionality. Uh, it, it, it really didn't come easy, but I tell all my fans that I had a vision and there was no way that I was going to let this go. So I just carried on going and going and I watched the weight come down and uh, my aesthetic started to change. My flexibility started to I started to love my training even more. Working, you know, with parkour athletes, working with ballerinas because I'm a dancer, um, working more with body weight and having a lot more fun. And my body changed within a year after that. And within the second year, um, it, it was kind of exactly where I wanted to be. My hair was where it wanted to be. 
my body was where, and then the first, the second expo that I went to in the United States, I got started getting recognized that uh, people said, no, I was the closest thing to a Dragon Ball Z character they've ever seen. And um, I just took advantage of that. And then I got noticed by Funimation and they wanted me <laughs> to be the real life version of this character. That's actually such a compliment because if you think about looking like an anime character, it's easy to design, or oh, it's not easy, but it's easier to design a costume. Like let's say Power Rangers. It's easy to design the, like a Power Rangers suit. Whereas here you've designed physically your body yeah. to mold and look like trunks where that shows that the amount of dedication and like, yes you can sit and make your um, the outfit the suit for Power Ranger three hours a day but yeah you have to do it 24-7 365 so I think that's also maybe why they're like oh, he's put everything into this and he has physically like embodied what Trunks personifies he's personified Trunks so I think that's really great how you've and how actually how did because you used we were supposed to do this podcast a while ago, and but then you obviously had Comic Con and everything. How did you find a South African Comic Con as opposed to going overseas to the states to their Comic Cons? Uh, so I've I've been to let's uh, put it this way: I've been to some of the biggest expos uh, in the United States and even Mexico uh, throughout the South American West side, Argentina, uh, Chile, Mexico. And uh, it's it's if you are a fan, if you are a, a really a comic book fan, or you really love it, there's it's an amazing world. It's at least a once in a lifetime thing to see what one of these expos are like. I've been to all of them except for San Diego Comic Con, which is the granddaddy of them all. That one is a complete nightmare to get into. Uh, one day I will get there. So I've seen I've been at expos where there's close to twenty five thousand people in a venue. And I'm basically signing off maybe a thousand photos a day, and it, it's. But when I came to South Africa and I saw that Comic Con was happening here, I was like, "Damn, I really this is going to be a great place to represent." And uh, I have to admit that the first Comic Con that they launched, launched last year, I made it a point to actually be here for that to show my fans in um, the United States and, and Mexico that I'm I am South African. I'm a because a lot of my fans think that I'm American. And I, I saw that there was a few complexities with how they ran Comic-Con here that it's just because it was new, nothing to hate. It's the first time they did it here. It's a completely difficult thing to pull off, but your fans pretty much create the expo. They make it a wow, a wow factor. So I got booked by a company to do a body painting model. I couldn't really do any of my own cosplays there. So I ended up being a model for another company and doing a Venom Spider-Man and a Colossus, and it was, it was great. I just think that the venue last year was not, it could have been better, but after Comic-Con this year, I think that whoever was running it really, really did a good job this year. I think uh, I saw, I was there like all five days, and um, the Saturday and the Sunday, there must have been 17,000 people there. And it was so much fun, so much joy. The competitions were great. The judges for the comps were great. The stands, everybody had so much fun. You can really see when it's an actual, it's a masterpiece of an event that you can't wait to come back tomorrow, you know, to see what's yeah. happening next. I met so many amazing people. Um, I, I won both of my awards at the, the competition, even though no one knows it was me in one of the suits. Yeah. <laughs> so... 
I made a VFX artist that I'm working with now for some pro two projects I'm doing next year, which is going to be great for my YouTube channel. Uh, she's a great special effects, and I made a new videographer that I'm going to be working with because not a lot of people do cosplay photography in South Africa. It's okay. really a very new thing, and it should be taken advantage of because uh, cosplay photography in the United States are the cosplay photographers are incredibly busy. They're always busy and they're always booked. So photographers must try and get some of that going with, with guys that take cosplay seriously. Because it's such a fun thing to do. There's no politics involved. No one can really say that you're you're not a cosplayer. If you decide to cosplay a character, it's because you love the character and you want to show him off in your own fun way. Yeah. Um, if someone is going to hate you for that, then they just don't have a clear understanding of what really is, what's driving you to do that. Uh, I get told a lot that I've you know, I've kind of lose the plot because characters that I that I bring forward or that I adapt to come with characterizations that I my acting training puts me for in it. And if I ended up being a really crazy character, it's because I'm always in character. It's part of an act. Um, so it's not like it's it's me. It's just me representing that yeah, character in my own way. Yeah, I mean, it's up to interpretation. It's interpretation, it really. It is, and I. I am the, the, the craziest Dragon Ball Z fan, but I think that Dragon Ball Z is really more of a life lesson. It's a, it's a way of life, how my hero concept was born. So everything to do with the way that Saiyans exist in the Dragon Ball Z world, everything that they stand for, I, I believe is a life lesson that people can take into themselves and be a better person because you are ultimately always training for the next battle or the next risk and in today's life we are we're facing all sorts of risks and challenges and things that cause stress and so on but if you keep training yourself and knowing that this these things are imminent to happen they're about, they're going to happen anyway you always stand your ground yeah. exactly like Goki he always trains because he loves training not because he's even though he loves battles it's that love for doing something that drives him to be a more optimistic trainer whereas Vegeta is always trying to be better than Goku. And he always trains a specific way, which is never going to exceed the more optimistic way. Yeah. Therefore, he's always second best. And that's the, the dynamic between the two that I love. It's like, it shows that you must never ever compare yourself to anybody else. If you see someone doing something incredibly good, that um, it's, it's because I've spent time and effort and years perfecting that. And uh, if you should never think that you should be an exact copy of them. You can learn and take from what they, what they teach, but have your own style and do something yeah. that you can see going forward. And if you did that, you know, I believe that that's reaching another level of Super Saiyan. I do that with my training all the time. I always find the weirdest things to do from different styles. And I know that if I don't practice these kind of things over and over, I'm just going to kind of look silly doing them. But it's fun regardless if I fall down it's it's a fun thing to show that I I do the things that other people have spent their entire lives doing and I can at least do something from yes, so yes. it all but it all falls into my bottle of what I call my fitness lifestyle and it, it's it's taken from how I see the Dragon Ball Z fighters keep upgrading the whole time the levels of Super Saiyan yeah so I I, I just think that that's it's such a nice way of of thinking when you're when you're living with challenges day by day, and I I related to the Marvel characters as well. I'm the probably the biggest Marvel fan 
people will know because I've I followed Marvel way before I did Dragon Ball Z, and Stan Lee, um, God rest his soul, is is still a hero of mine because he took the world as it is with all of its problems and he decided to design characters for people to follow that also have the same problems. And then when the, when the characters got their super abilities, they became heroes based on the consequences that they were dealing with, not because they wanted to get famous for it. And even through the consequences they dealt with, humanity decided to hate and fear them because they, lack, understand, they didn't understand them. And then they progressed through that like a hero would because with that response, with that power comes responsibility. And if you take that in today's life as a life lesson, it just shows that you, you can't hate what you don't understand. Be more of an optimist that this, there's something new here and this person's onto something and this person will eventually be a teacher and a guide um, to so many other people. And that's what we call heroism, helping others where there is no help. Yeah. So it all falls into that whole hero concept of mine. I think it's a really great way to um, to really progress in life if you really follow a hero's way, not by wearing tights or trying to gain superpowers, but really what they stand for. But obviously, the hero has got to have a very, very. I think every hero should be healthy, should be fit, should be ready to go at the the blink of an eye, and should be able to exceed their own expectations when challenges come forward so it's not like just okay I can do this I can do this I can do this every challenge that it pushes them to upgrade and be a better person no matter how strong they are and Stanley was a master of designing stories like that uh, Ditko and Stanley especially in the Spider-Man universe so that's why we always love Spider-Man so and would you say who's your favorite in the Marvel universe Spider-Man? I definitely Spider-Man fan since I was five okay there's everything to do with that character. I see a lot of myself in him, Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, his whole backstory, everything. So I really resonate with the character. In terms of morals, um, I definitely resonate with Captain America. I always have. person that stands strong, that doesn't let any amount of force or decision sway his judgment according to what he thinks is right. Yeah. And that amount of confidence makes you a leader. You know, we can all look up to a character like that. He doesn't have technical abilities or, you know, mechanics or superpowers that he's got an ability to stand strong and be the shield to his team. And, yeah, Spider-Man, Captain America for life. (laughs) Okay, and have you ever, well, obviously you said that you did some body paint as Venom, but have you ever, like, say, Peter Parker, um, have you ever dressed up or have you ever cosplayed as him? Yes, so I've... I do actually a lot of things that, uh, due to non-disclosure agreements, I'm actually not allowed to say. But um, I do a lot of Spider-Man cosplays. Uh, people will never know it's actually me, though, because I just decide to just be Spider-Man. Uh, I've done many iterations of him. Um, I do a very, very unique Venom cosplay because he's another character I really adore. And next year, I'm designing something really amazing. I've done a few Venom cosplays. And... Uh, the, everything that goes into this character, the way they move, the way they pose, the, the, the ability to do the crazy things that they do, I still try. And I, yeah, it's, if you see some of my stuff on Instagram and YouTube, you'll be able to see uh, exactly what I do with my, my Spider-Man cosplay. And I end up doing uh, a lot of these characters for superhero parties and events, motivational events and talks. 
And uh, even because the kids absolutely love Spider-Man. So the, the, real, the more realistic I can be at these events, the more the kids are just like in awe. They were just like, I want to learn how to do the web shooter pose. I want to learn how to do back handsprings. Uh, I want to learn how to hang upside down. And yeah, I teach them. <laughs> and I think that's also cool because of obviously your parkour and your gymnastics background. Yeah. I think that also fits perfectly into your history of just fitness and functionality. It makes cosplaying so much fun. Yeah. Mm. And I'm sure, how do you find, you know, almost the comic scene or, you know, the people, like people, comic book lovers and fans in South Africa, like the reception that towards cosplay? Because obviously I've seen, if you watch on Instagram story of, or you watch the stories of any, you know, obviously comic book event, comic event that's happening overseas, you see a lot more cosplays compared to what I thought maybe. But I mean, your own experience, you're no better than me in South Africa. Like, do you see a lot of people doing cosplay in South Africa? Obviously not to the scale, the scale you would in America, because obviously it's far more people. So uh, I, I, I can't say that I've had enough experience in South Africa to, to say, but due to what I've seen at Comic-Con, the people, specifically the people that I've met that are involved in GES cosplay, um, they're one of the societies here in South Africa. They, I can see that people do take it seriously. Um, I just don't think that there's enough platforms here yet. So I, I saw that, I mean, Comic-Con was a gigantic success, um, probably better than a lot of other things that happened this year. And I see that they're now having a Comic-Con in Cape Town next year in April, and then there's going to be the Jansburg one. And then they're probably going to put another one or two little ones. Uh, there's Geekfest that happens. So I can see that people do really strive for it here. Uh, I can't say that the communities are exceedingly big. I think the gaming community is a lot bigger. Uh, I can see that the comic book side of it is also a lot bigger. There are those people that really support comic book day and yeah. the cosplay side of it, I think it's growing. Uh, I think because we are living in a world of heroes today, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DCEU, they are they're pumping out movies that people just want to see and whether you're a fan or not, you just can't help going to watch yeah. it for yeah. the action, for the characters and whatnot. So, and kids are taking more into this. They didn't experience what I did when I was young, but they're experiencing movies right now where they can see these real life characters and suddenly they get turned into comic book fans. Yeah. And I have to, I can honestly tell parents, you know, if your if your child is loving comic books and he loves being uh, very eccentric in what he does that's related to his favorite comic book character, just let him do it. This, it's such a confidence builder. I, I can't even tell you that the talks that I've done in um, in the United States that's saying that comic book is some, not something, being a comic book fan or being a, a cosplayer or whatnot, you're not put into the same stature as being a professional sports athlete or something where people are going to like appraise you, but you are doing something that is actually so confident for yourself and you're going to make friends like that. And the second thing is, is that no one can tell you that you're doing anything wrong. You're just doing, you're creating happiness and there's, it's so far from doing other things that, you know, have no use in life. I mean, I came from a very, very dark background uh, as, and I just grew out of it. Superheroes are just, 
what I see is the positive thing right now. And there's always a new story and there's always another character and there's always these new abilities and powers and things like that, no matter how far-fetched they are. It came from a place where we were, it was related to a challenge that humanity was facing and this character came and been the savior and now there's millions of people around the world that I want to dress like these characters, talk like them, write the stories, um, debate about it. It's such, a, it's such an amazing thing. So I think that South Africa, like I said, I don't know entirely what goes on here yet, but um, I'm happy to see that we are taking the advantage of creating something like this that people can look forward to yeah. every year now. Because so many people look forward to Comic-Con and now that we're going to get two or three, it's it can generate more of a hype. People can also start planning in between events. People can uh, make new friends. They can you know collaborate with a lot of things like I'm going to be doing with these special effects and videographers now. So there's just so much more. Um, and this is also related to animated movies, the, all the animated side, because that's also a big part of cosplay as well, is the animated stuff. Yeah, I think this is the biggest life, genuinely, and I know my one friend who actually introduced me to Naruto, the biggest life lessons I think I've ever learned is come from anime. And it's it's actually, I tell people, like, I've watched Naruto and I've cried in it. And they're like, come on, it's a cartoon, how can you cry in it? I'm like, you don't understand how real and the emotional it actually gets. Because also when you watch anime, because I prefer to watch it in Japanese and to read the subtitles. Mm-hmm. So, it act, like, you get drawn in there and, like, you're completely submerged from anything else that's happening in real life. Like, it's really cool to just sit there, to just read, just to watch, just to feel the emotion. And I, I, I find it far more emotional than any actual TV I've ever watched. And also because there's, like, 6,000 episodes, you really get into their characters and you really, you know, relate to them and you can really see them, you can see yourself in every single one of them and you really, no matter who, the one you hated, 20 episodes later, you completely love and now he's your favorite. And that's really cool and motivating because I, I think possibly I started a business because of something I learned in Naruto. I started, I've tried to fix a friendship because of a story of something that happened in Naruto. Like it's nice because it's, it helps you not only in motivation, because obviously most anime is about someone who's maybe the weakest or maybe some maybe doesn't have a certain power or doesn't have, has a bad past and they overcome it. Mm. But it's also about just like their mottos, their, their life lessons that they learn that you can be like, wow, this can actually really be in my life. Like, yes, sometimes I watch my girlfriend and then she's like, yeah, but there's just boobs and like, but that's just what anime is sometimes. It's just sometimes it's a little bit over the top, but then the emotions, like they really hit you and they really teach you lessons. And I mean, I started, I've watched, I've rewatched Naruto all 500 or whatever episodes, like five times now. And every single time you still learn new things. So obviously saying Dragon Ball Z is your favorite, so I wanted to ask you this. What did you think of Dragon Ball Z Super? Absolutely loved it, eh? Uh, I really loved how the characters are grounded. Um, the only, I have to say, and it's such a, you know, my fans, they, they, they're on the fence about this. The only thing I actually did not like about Dragon Ball Z Super was how they, how they did trunks. <laughs> The, the way that Trunks was designed in Dragon Ball Super, where they, they really toned him down, they made him look like a skinny teenager with a shorter blue haircut, it's definitely not the same thing as Dragon Ball Z. I'll always be the BoJack, future Trunks, yeah. Dragon Ball Z, Trunks fan. 
but I'm not saying that I don't uh, love his story arc um, and his rage Super Saiyan uh, level up and the battle that he had with Zamasu. It's not that I don't like that. It's just he's the way that they made him look. Is, it's not exactly a, a, a version of him I can cosplay. So it's really the only thing I didn't like. But the whole Zamasu story, um, the whole story with Jiren, the, the, the actual battle itself, the Golden Freezer coming back. I mean, I was... <laughs> I'm, I will always be a Dragon Ball Z fan for the like for the rest of like my life. It sort of holds a true place because I started watching it when I was young, and the whole Dragon Ball saga long before Dragon Ball Z, which is also very interesting. The whole upbringing of Goku and where he came from and how he was trained—that's um, also absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's uh, the the way that these stories are written. I'm sure it's not very easy. I'm sure that the writers have. A huge job ahead of them, and um, I've been privileged enough to meet um, the the lead voice actors of Dragon Ball Z. I had so many shoots with them. I've met even the Japanese um, voice artists of Dragon Ball Z, even the ones in Mexico, sure. and they all love what I've done with the with my Trunks cosplay. And uh, just to be, it's just so humbling to meet them because they're the one, their voices are bringing these characters to life. Uh, uh, Chris Sabat and uh, Sean Chimmel, uh, who does Goku. So all, it's all great. And uh, I can't wait to see what they're, how they're going to follow up with Dragon Ball Super, actually. But the, the Ultra Instinct, the final 10 episodes of Dragon Ball Super, I was, it was nail-biting to another level. And, and the score that went with it, the music <laughs> that they played, you literally just, you literally watch and just get goosebumps because I'm just, how intense, exactly. how cool those, those, those goosebumps that builds up because yeah. Dragon Ball Z is one anime, but like I'm definitely, Naruto does the same thing, uh, Bleach, My Hero Academy, they do the same, but Dragon Ball Z's level of intensity of how they can make this, the, the episode drag yeah. but the intensity seemed like it's it's so right there that you cannot move for one second you you know you need to go to the bathroom you need to do something no you're going to sit and you're going to watch exactly what's going to unfold right now and it might just happen in the next episode but you'll still watch those final like 10 minutes yes. so that intensity I give it up to them because uh, believe it or not I actually take that kind of intensity and music in my ears when I'm busy training I listen to the Dragon Ball Z um, melodies on, on my playlist. And yeah, it drives me when I'm trading. So it's, <laughs> man, I'm just, it's just, I'm so taken by what they do. And I think also, if you think about, let's say, Modern Family, where they have 30 people who sit together and write the scripts and write the plots and everything, that's maybe eight. 80 episodes they said seven seasons now you go look at Naruto you go look at Dragon Ball Z in their lifetimes they've had over 500 I mean if you look at One Piece I mean that's yeah. actually still going so I don't understand how many people actually I can't actually comprehend the level of planning and the amount of work that must be structured to not have any obviously sometimes every now and then there's a plot to a, a, like a plot like a hole in the plot or something but I mean it's very very seldom and it's super interesting it would be interesting to know how many people actually sit in a room and write and plan and plot and because you have to have so many people going back and checking is this not going to affect this is that not going to affect that and I think it's actually incredible and people don't give it credit because it's a cartoon maybe people just like oh it's a cartoon it's you know for kids whereas I think 
if you look at anime, it's for all ages, which is perfect. You don't get, like Modern Family, let's just, oh, it's, it's, it's a comedy, but let's just say look at Modern Family. It can be for all ages, but sometimes it's not for all ages because maybe some kids don't get jokes, some kids don't get this. And then, like, if you look at a four-year-old, they can't watch Modern Family and enjoy it. But if you give a kid anime or you give a person that's 60-year-old, if both of them actually just take the time to concentrate, they will enjoy it. Like, maybe a six-year-old man, if he goes and watches, he's going to be, maybe, he's going to shut his eyes to the fact of how you know, cool it could be and how much he can grasp and glean from that in life lessons because he thinks it's a cartoon. But if people truly give anime time. I really, like I've shown my girlfriend a few animes and she has, like I've showed her, I started off with like Seven Deadly Sins because it was kind of like some humor in it and not too serious. Right. So I started off with that. I've shown her uh, One Punch Man. So I showed her those kind of ones. I still need to get her into Naruto. That is a bit more difficult because it obviously it takes more time. So if I tell her, Yo, you've got 500 episodes to watch, she's going to be like, oh, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's a tall order to expect. So I definitely think, and also I want you to sign off because we're almost nearing the end here, but I want you to, to almost if people haven't really given anime a chance, if people haven't really, because I mean, well, pretty much you've spoken about how, mu- how much inspiration, how much motivation, how much life lessons you get from it. But if someone, no matter the age, if they haven't given anime a chance, if they haven't given comics a chance, what advice or what tips would you give them to maybe just, you know, dive in? What should they dive into first and how should they go about it? Um, I, I truly think that anime is definitely... It's a, it's a platform that you've got to get used to. Like if you like drawing, for example, you're going to like art. If you like, um, if you like more of a duration when it comes to stories and you don't even see the animation side of it, you just prefer characters and stories, then you will definitely love certain um, animes. For me specifically, Dragon Ball Z, um, but after that, Naruto, I'm a very big fan of Death Note, um, My Hero Academy and Bleach. So it's, don't ever see, I don't think see it as um, a cartoon. Basically just see it as your, your favorite series, like another series, but it's animated. But there's a lot of in-depth um, character building, um, story arcs, and you learn to love certain characters that you see uh, parts of yourself in, that you resonate with. And I don't think you should ever judge it on one episode. I think you should always be, if you start watching a new anime, start at least watch the first six episodes um so just give it its chance if you're not into um the comic book side of life just know that it's not there's nothing wrong with that but you can you will definitely see something in some certain character even if it's a guy liking a certain female character by the way she dresses or looks that's that's you understand her story and why she's dressed like that and what she's done and what she's the consequences she's dealing with. And then you you might also become a believer in that story, in that act. Um, the, the way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is turning out right now after the last 11 years, goodness, it's just that so far they, they're going to basically just take over. And everyone's starting to love these characters and stories and when I can't wait to see it. And uh, So see it as something that you can learn from and enjoy and don't judge it for just being a cartoon or being drawn because the people that have created these also, they, I'm sure that they, their jobs are incredibly difficult. The stories, the, the, the art, basically, it's, there, there's really nothing to lose, I'd say. Yeah. You just might learn something. 
you just might find that you never knew you were an anime fan until you actually started giving the first five or six five to six episodes you know a watch and your girlfriend might like it your mom might like it, just, even your grandma might like it. <laughs> you know, who knows there's always uh, something to to learn um and i yeah. think this is the biggest thing if you're a girl anime is extremely psychological and i know the girls females they enjoy more psych because obviously there's more emotion there's more why did they do this why did they do this where sometimes guys are just like action 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 whereas if you're a girl and you want to get into anime there's so many psychological aspects to anime and there are animes that are solely pretty much driven on the psychological aspect of it so if you want to get into anime and you're a female and maybe don't like watching guys punch each other all the time. There's so many animes that you can get into that dive more into emotions and obviously just why characters do certain things and so each little story arc that each character always gets, you see so much more about them, you learn so much more about them. And I think I, I, I like even in Naruto there's when the fillers come up, I'm like, no, I wanna watch this filler so I can get into the character more. So as I sign off here, if you guys are still listening now after 37 minutes, try anime. Don't be hesitant. Even if you are, just give it time. And yeah, as Julian said, six to seven episodes, I definitely think... I've, I've sometimes watched one episode and I think it's stupid. Then I go back and watch another four and then I really get into it. And you, you like it. Yeah, and then you really get into it and you really enjoy it. So, bro, thank you so much for coming here. You joined from Joburg, so I really appreciate that. And... We look forward to seeing your work and I'm going to put all your Instagram, YouTube, everything in the, or for the YouTube people watching on YouTube, I'll put that down in the link below. And for everyone on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. And yeah, bro, thank you so much for coming. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. As, as long as I got the time, I, I love uh, talking about these things because it was, it was so overwhelming for me to fall professionally into this industry. And uh yeah, anybody can do it. There's there's no reason why. And you do it and you're just having fun with it. So <laughs> for us to talk about these things, it's great. And thank you again, Jesse. Of course, bro. Yeah. Until the next time. Uh, I definitely need to get you on there again because you're going to Mexico soon. But after that, maybe I can have you on again. We can maybe talk about one particular topic or one particular character or one. So we'll chat on WhatsApp and then we'll see exactly what you want to talk about so you guys can let us know what you want us to talk about maybe you want Julian to talk about a certain character because I definitely think he has more insights into the characters than I would I've just watched it on TV where you well you've experienced it seeing the people who voice their characters so you've got much more insights so I think maybe people will be interested in seeing that and hearing that so bro, we look forward to the next time hell yeah cheers guys thank you so much for tuning in